comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That's www.audibletrial.com slash outnowpodcast. Previously on Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I can't believe how much freedom I have. I can say whatever I want. Do whatever I want. Get whatever guests I want. It's great to be in full control of the podcast. Might as well just retitle the show Out Now with Abe, the best host ever. <laughs> no one to stop me. No one can stop me. I talked about those Hunger Games and Disney Princess movies, and I'll talk about Out of the Furnace next. Because why not? But after that, I take on the world. <laughs> I am now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Abe. Aaron is still out. I think that he took the week off, but that's alright. I'm here. Me, Abe. Here, with you, the listener. Errs. Out Now is a film podcast, which I, Abe, am discussing new movies weekly with Aaron, but he's taking the week off. We also bring in discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results, and predictions. A callback to the uh, film similar to the main film of the week, which is, of course, Out of the Furnace. Uh, games and other fun stuff. As always, this episode of Out Now is brought to you by the HHW LED Podcast Network. This is episode 132-132. That's right, Aaron, 132. First solo episode without Aaron ever. All right. And the main feature of the week is, of course, Out of the Furnace. Uh, joining us tonight is nobody. It's just me, Abe, with you, the listeners. All right. So, yeah, we've got some interesting uh, comments here and uh, some interesting updates. But Guess who's back? do you guys hear that? Guess who's back? Something weird going on. Anyway, I'm going to gonna keep going here but uh thought i heard some knocking like in jumanji all right uh, itunes reviews and ratings uh please leave us a, a review with some star ratings and a simple one or two lines do you guys hear that again it's so weird i'm sorry i uh, keep on hearing weird stuff it's not in my headphones that sounds like guess what abe what huh what i'm back what yeah Aaron. Yeah, enough of your nonsense with this solo hosting. No. <laughs> getting on guests without me. Talking I about almost the had it. Games. <laughs> okay. I'm like Adele. I could have had it all. You <laughs> Rolling in the deep. <laughs> all right. That's Aaron, you're back. That yeah, rumor has it. That's my other Adele comeback. Um, I am back. That we're yeah. Okay. That's that's enough of this. All right. Oh. I've listened oh, to your nonsense the past couple weeks while I was away in Africa. It was great. It blew your mind. I, I know. Oh, we'll get we'll get to what happened while you were here and I was out. But yes, listeners, I am back. Here we are. Now it is once again out now with Aaron and Abe. We can do this show right. <laughs> Aaron, ladies and gentlemen, clap, 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 clap. 
Uh, but yeah, here, because <laughs> I'll add that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're talking out of the furnace this week, and Abe is going to interview me about my trip for Africa, so that's going to yeah, happen. Charlie Rose style, PBS. There you go. Um, so yeah, let's do some announcement stuff. Abe mentioned iTunes already. Um, we got a, a few things here. This one's pretty cool, I think. Uh, we now have a voicemail line. Um, so here you go. You can call in 972-798-3830. That number again, 972-798-3830. And basically you'll get to kind of a call center for HHWLOD. And you just, you'll hear a message. You just have to indicate that you want to leave a message for out and out there in an Abe. And then you can leave said message. We'll get that recording. We'll be able to play it on air and answer whatever question or, you know, regarding any feedback that you might have for the show via voicemail. So that's, I think that's a pretty cool thing, right? That is pretty cool. Get the and listeners course, more involved. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, uh, you get to hear your own voice on the air if the question was, uh, was uh, appropriate for yeah. the show. That's again, 972-798-3830. Um, other things, Sprecker or Spreaker. That's a new um, thing that we're on. We're, we have Potomatic, we have um, Stitcher, and now we're on Sprecker as well. So that's another, you know, you search that. Sounds yeah. like an awesome cupcake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sprecker. Yeah. It's, uh, it's got orange orange zest on the top. It's just nice to be able to spread the show farther than just iTunes, so we have multiple ways for you to find us, basically. Possibly so. even in South Africa. Possibly even in South Africa. I listen in South Africa. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're, that's why we're, we're going uh, world domination. Um, other things, we got a new commentary coming soon. Myself, Brandon, Scott, and Jordan will all be on that one. So um, stay tuned. I'll let you. We'll, we'll let it be surprised what the movie is. I don't think people will have seen it coming actually. So we'll see. Um, and of course, uh, holidays are coming up, and along with that means the top ten of the year is coming up. So uh, exciting times, I guess. And with the holiday stuff, it tends to get tricky around then. So we're going to kind of do a lot of. I imagine kind of guerrilla podcasting like Abe and I tend to do for the previous couple of years when the holidays come. And it's a weird <laughs> kind of it's a weird means, kind of time to do a weekly show. Yeah, yeah, that just means you're going to be hearing the same reviews but with different people in one episode, we'll which see. is great. We all great. We'll see how it goes. Every, everyone loves all of our guests. We'll see, uh, Abe, you got anything you want to? Shout out? Yes, I just wanted to quickly add. It's kind of a bummer news, and uh, uh, the, the Spill.com website looks like they're going to be shutting down. Um, I, they were sort of, uh, my inspiration to start our own podcast here, uh, just cause there were a group of guys having fun banter around movies and I really liked their attitudes about it. So I'm kind of bummed out and I hope that it's kind of, uh, one of those things where they, they will go on and, and do one without corporate sponsorship just so they can keep their voices on the air cause they are a fun group of guys. So sorry to hear that. And I am seriously bummed out. It kind of ruined my evening a couple of nights ago. So Keep on going, guys. Sad to hear that. Yeah, I I know that you're a big fan of Spill.com. I listen occasionally, really, but I mean, that's still you know when you see when you hear a good show and it has to go away, that's you know that's kind of that's kind of sad. So yeah, I hope that things kind of change. You still get to hear those guys talk about what they do. Other kind, you know, you guys mentioned the Paul Walker thing last week, and I heard about that on my last day in Africa, mm. and it it like it's not the kind of like. Obviously, I don't know Paul Walker. Many people don't know Paul Walker, and it's you know you kind of think, oh, that's weird that you're feeling so such a way about a person you didn't know. But you know, it's the kind of thing where like when an actor like that dies, regardless of how good of an actor he was or the movies he was in, everyone knew that person, and that person's gone now, and that sucks. And yeah, you kind of like I know I'm I'm a big supporter of the Fast and Furious franchise, but in general, like Paul Walker. Not like the most amazing actor. I don't think anyone's going to say that. But at the same time, it seems like he's a guy that worked hard and like liked doing the things that he did, and he fit in a certain kind of groove of the films that he was choosing to be in. And so I, 
I, I respected him for what he was yeah. doing, and I, I am gonna miss him. I am gonna, and I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious what will happen with the next one. But for, for regardless, like it's just, yeah, that was a sad thing to have happened. Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, Nelson Mandela died this week as yes. well, which was also uh, kind of it's very, uh, it's, it's been a dark week. Yeah, dark and like week and a half. So, so I was, I mean, I was in South Africa for like two weeks, and. I knew that the health, like, his health was bad, and I figured it might happen during my time there. And, like, hearing that it happened this week is, like, that's just really, like, the man is a hero. Like, that's the, without question. And he accomplished a lot, and he lived a very long age, especially given things that he went through. So, like, it, it's not, it's not like he fell full, fell short of his potential, but, like, it, it is, it is sad news to hear. And I, you know, that's just, that's, that's another thing that happens. But, you know, gotta move on. Gotta keep positive. So. Endurance, survive. There you go. Um, I got some other things to announce here. <laughs> Corrections. Because of Abe's nonsense, I, I, I managed to make a little mental list of things. Oh, let's do it. Like, stuck with me enough where I'm like, I need to bring this up on the show. I, I get back everything on. you say, sir. First things first, Abe failed to mention that I was blogging about Africa for the False. past couple of weeks. <laughs> False. <laughs> <laughs> True, I forgot, but I did mention that Erdo's in South Africa many a time. Um, I was able, while, while I was in Africa, I did have a lot of chances to be in a Wi-Fi areas, and I was able to blog about my experiences, so you can find that at thecodezeek.com. Um, I have about, I have seven different blogs about Africa. Way more than I was anticipating to be able to do, but there you have it. Um, also, no one, w- no, no wishes of Happy Hanukkah during the time that I was there. Oh, of course, man. Missed, missed I- that one. That uh, one, yeah, that one is a big miss. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna say right now, Happy Hanukkah from out now after and Abe. It's a couple days late, but there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. My name is Abraham. I'm I'm so sorry. Let's see. I it was said that I've probably seen Parker last week. I've not seen Parker. Oh, okay. <laughs> I Jordan has told me how like ridiculously terrible it is, and that we should we should do a commentary on it. So I, I completely want to at some point, and it's on instant watch. So oh, eventually Netflix. I'll yeah. see Parker. Um, there was an issue brought up about why have we not seen a trailer for Star Wars? That makes no sense because not only is the film not written, but the film doesn't even have a title yet. So it's, it's no way. It's also coming out like three years, three years later. There's the, yeah, so there's no re- like whatever that that. It was it was an example. Come on, <laughs> it's an example of how things come out a lot earlier. Taylor brought up a good question. It was. <laughs> It was a poor answer. It was a poor example. It was something to say. When you're when you're committing murder, you don't stop and think, "Why am I doing this?" You just you just go with it. What? Okay, moving on. <laughs> uh, let's see. There was a question: Did you see Hunger Games in 3D? Hunger Games is not in 3D in any way, so that threw me through a loop. Uh, oh, yeah, I think I, was that Jose that asked that? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't see Hunger Games in 3D. Uh, it's not, yeah, that's not an option. So whatever. And lastly, there was a claim, an outrageous claim that said I that we were okay with the RoboCop trailer. No, that is just not not oh, true okay, at all. Okay, meaning like we, no. I, I didn't want I didn't want to disappoint anybody. No, there's no okay approval. Of no, I'm I'm vehemently against this RoboCop. I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want to. You know, Taylor was new on the show. I didn't. I don't really. I want her to come back. That that's the reason. <laughs> that's the reason. I was happy to hear Taylor. She and Jose did a way better job yeah. than you did. But yeah. I mean, it was well, <laughs> that's debatable. Debatable. But. No, I'm looking forward to talking to Taylor at a future podcast. That sounds like that sounds like a fun we one. We got to bring her and Leah, and we'll have like a, a dual. I don't know. It'd be the best podcast possibly ever. We'll see. Yeah, but yeah. no, that, that you did it. You did a fine job hosting without me, Abe. I. I <laughs> 
those were fun shows to listen to. So it was neat to need to take a step back, which was like the first time I haven't like you know internet broadcast in like two years, two and a half years. So that was it's been a while. It was a trip. Yeah. yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's move on here. Um, it is just Dave and I for this podcast where we talk out of the furnace in Africa eventually. So uh, don't expect any zany guests to pop in. But it's not talking about out of Africa, so get that right. That's right. No, 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 Sydney Pollock on this show. <laughs> Moving on. Let's do a little no, everybody. No, everybody. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> got it. Speaking out now, there and Dave, we ask each other a few questions, try to set the tone for podcast, and very good to no every. See, that's when you're supposed. Oh, to... right. <laughs> See, it's been so long that I, I apparently nobody did it with me, so that's why. Well, now we're gonna know everybody. Here we go, Abe. I have just one question for you. All right, I've got one question for you. How was your Thanksgiving? It was great. Yeah. The reason? I made two turkeys. One turkey I made America's Test Kitchen style, and another turkey I kind of just made by you thinking what you would make to make a moist turkey. Moist, juice, juicy, and crispy skin what was, turkey. What was that method? So, for instance, you would think intuitively, oh, maybe I'll put herb butter between the skin and the breast, and I'll cover the, the turkey when I'm baking it. And for 325 degrees, 350 degrees, I'll do for like three and a half hours or whatever else until it reaches the right internal temperature. And the America's Test Kitchen style was where you brine it for four hours and then you overnight uh, let it dry in your refrigerator and then you bake it. And the America's Test Kitchen style won hands over, hand over foot. I don't even know what the expression is. Hands down. Hands, hands down. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. I'm hoping that the percentage of movie talk in this episode is way down from our normal. <laughs> <laughs> People just, yeah, I mean, hold on. We're just talking about our lives here, so bear with us. On our film podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it was really good. And so uh, even days later, it was still pretty tender and pretty uh, pretty juicy. Uh, so I would I would just add some different seasoning next time. But saying it, was, it wasn't a bit of a fixer-upper? Sort of. I mean, some of the side fixings were, but not the really. The fixings? Fixins, yeah. Fixins, yeah. But there was no Uncle Scrooge giving me a, a giant roast goose, so I was sad about that. But I guess that's Christmas. All right. Yeah. So, Aaron, my question now I have two questions for you. Okay. One, how was your Thanksgiving? And two, what animal were you most afraid of in Africa? Oh, good questions. Um, my Thanksgiving was pretty much non-existent. We didn't, I mean, you don't celebrate Thanksgiving in South Africa, so nothing happened during our Thanksgiving. <laughs> I will say that two weeks ago, I did go to a friend's. Um, we had a big uh, potluck Thanksgiving party, which we do every year. So that was that was nice. So I was able to have a form of Thanksgiving uh, earlier on in the month. Um, animals I was the most afraid of. Um, I can give you the top three: uh, sharks, baboons, and hippos. Um, yeah. Sharks infest the waters of South Africa. Right. Um, not that I was like swimming in the ocean of South Africa, but at the same time, knowing that there's sharks everywhere is just like, well, that doesn't inspire me to go <laughs> swimming anytime soon. You put your toes in, and then a shark fin pops up. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Uh, baboons are like squirrels of Africa. I've seen Hunger Games Part Two. I, um, I, I know how dangerous. Bab- baboons are everywhere. Um, there's literally signs that say, "Watch out for baboons. Don't feed them. Don't do anything to them because they'll just get aggressive and want more from you." Um, so. Seeing baboons, you just kind of stay away from them. You don't really want to approach them in any way, shape, or form, no matter how like cute they look, which they generally don't. Baboons are pretty ugly, um, <laughs> especially the ones that are you know big and like as tall as you. Um, what about Rafiki? That's a different kind of baboon. Oh, Those are more okay. in like the central part of Africa. These are oh, got um, it. 
But regardless, baboons are kind of nasty creatures that you don't want to mess with. <laughs> um, and then hippos. Hippos are just, you know, I was at a certain lodge where hippos would come up at night and, like, eat the grass around you. And so you'd have to have kind of a person walk you back to your room if you were out at night because you can't be around hippos because they're one of the, they're pretty much one of the biggest killers of people in Africa. Um, so I didn't really want to get involved in any entanglements with, with hippopotamuses. So. Hippopotami? Hippopotami. So, yeah, it was kind of like, I didn't, I never got to see one outside of the water, which is both like unfortunate and fortunate, I guess, because I didn't really want to be in that position where I'm like, I should wonder how I'm supposed to walk back to my room right now and if a hippo's going to be mad at me. But at the same time, I was like, oh, seeing a big hippo in full perspective, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, it was a. Yeah. yeah. I've seen the science shows. Their jaws can open pretty wide and they have like a huge max force. So. Yeah, you don't want to mess with hippos if you don't have to. So. And I've seen a really funny video of a hippo farting and then just spewing poo everywhere. Thanks for that. that, 30 seconds long. It's it's hilarious. Sounds hilarious. (laughs) I'm not going to link that in the show notes. (laughs) No, no. But but everyone should look it up. (laughs) Moving on. Uh, That was over, buddy. Um, Let's do a little bit of quickies. Yeah. Each weekend out now, we go over the main movie of the week, but we always have other movies we've also seen during the week, so we have a segment called Out Now Quickies. Yeah. Remember, send in your Out Now Quickies themes to outnowpodcast.gmail.com. Um... All right, so Abe, have you seen any, anything else this week? Great news is I have not. Oh, good, because now I can get to all the things that I've seen in the yes. last couple of weeks. All of it. Let's the start with Lion Hunger. King. Let's start with Hunger Games, Catching Fire. Saw it, liked it quite a bit, a little bit more than the first, I guess. I'm a big fan of the first one, so you know, it wasn't really like, hey, there's just more of the story. That's great, but it didn't. I I would say that uh, the other actors in the film, while the first one had a great cast, this one they had a lot more to do, I guess. I think Elizabeth Banks is really good in the film. Um, I think Lenny Kravitz is quite good. Stanley Tucci's really good. Tucci. As opposed to, because like, last time around I'd say like Woody Harrelson among the adult actors was probably given the most to do and probably the most great. effective. Uh, this time around, like everyone else kind of really was involved as well, and I'm looking forward to seeing what Philip Seymour Hoffman does in the next film, because he'll probably be more involved. That then. guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Solid all around. Um, I enjoyed the kind of pacing of it in terms of what it's setting up in the early going, and then it gets to the games. And as opposed to the first one, where the games were the most troublesome part, just because they moved kind of. It was a long segment, but it also moved kind of quickly towards the end. It was nice to kind of see it play out in the same way it kind of plays out in the book, which is fairly fast paced and a lot more confident, just because Katniss has been in that situation before, as opposed to the first time around when it's really shaky and it's. Got a drawn out, and Gary Ross doesn't know how to do action quite as well as he could have. I think Francis Lawrence did a good job directing the film overall. So, yeah, like that one. Um, let's see. I saw Inside Lewin Davis. This is the new film from the Coen Brothers. Um, just fantastic. We'll probably talk about this in another episode. But right now, I it's the, it's not much of a spoiler to say that it's going to be on my top ten for the year. Um, I absolutely love this film. Uh, we can, I, I've been very, very vague on some of the movies that I saw before the holiday just because I couldn't talk about them due to embargoes and stuff. But um, Old Boy, Spike Lee's Old Boy, it's not a good movie at all. It's terrible. Um, I really dislike this movie. And it's not because it's, like, terribly made or any... Well, it is kind of terribly made, but it's just it doesn't do anything new. Like, it's just like, why did you make this movie? There's no reason for it. It's an American remake, probably. It's a movie that I was excited to see. I was excited to see Spike Lee's Old Boy. It's not like I was against the idea of remaking the film. Old Boy is one of my favorite movies, but if the the idea of Spike Lee making an Old Boy remake intrigued me, and then he just comes in and does nothing with it at all, that was like, why did you make this movie? I, I thought it was supposed to be like more closer to the original man- manga, manga, 
than the the film the original film was, and that's not even the case. It just seemed like a takeoff of the of the film. So it's like, why did you make this movie? There's no more purpose to it. Um, Frozen really liked. I liked it a lot. Um, one of my favorite Disney movies in a long time. Love the songs in it. Uh, Homefront with Jason Statham and James Franco. Awesome. The movie kicks ass. <laughs> That movie's so much fun. Such a great kind of 70s action throwback movie. Really good. They're in the 70s? No, that's not what I said. I said it's a 70s action throwback movie. Um, uh, I watched some movies on a plane. I saw a movie called What Maisie Knew. It's based off a novel. It's about this little girl who's caught between her two parents, played by Julianne Moore and Steve Coogan. Uh, saw a drama. I liked it quite a bit. Steve Coogan. Uh, speaking of Steve Coogan, I also saw Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Alan Partridge wow. is the character that Steve Coogan was made famous by playing in England, and he has kind of a, a movie about that character, and it's pretty funny. I liked it. I thought you were going to mention Philomena for a second there. No, didn't. Um, haven't seen it yet. Um, <laughs> want to. I saw a movie called Filth. Uh, this, ah! It stars James McAvoy, and it's from... Uh, it's based off a book by Irving Welsh, who wrote uh, Train Spotting, and it's basically in, uh, Scotland's version of Bad Lieutenant, and it's all right! Uh, it's neat to see James McAvoy be as horrible a person as he can be, given that James McAvoy has kind of a baby face. So it was neat to see that kind of change. Well, he doesn't want your future, Aaron. <laughs> that movie's really dirty, by the way. And watching that on a plane where there's like constant like crazy sex acts and violence happening on screen, and knowing and that there's, people like, are walking, knowing that there's someone like, like behind ah. you, like looking over like at your seat every now and then, and like seeing that happen is like, yeah, that's that's weird, right? Um. What's weird also is that none of that was edited. Then I watched uh, We Are the Millers again, and like Jennifer Aniston's stripping scene was like really edited. It's like, what's the logic here? Why is that scene the one that gets edited? But whatever. <laughs> um, I saw Ain't Them Body Saints with uh, Casey Affleck and Rooney Mara. Uh, I was bored by this movie quite a bit. Uh, it's kind of this weird uh, Terrence Malicky take on kind of a. Bonnie and Clyde typish story, sort of, and it just really bored me. And given that I watched like a movie like What Maisie Knew, which is just a straight drama on a plane and was fine watching it, I feel like it's the didn't matter the setting. It was just a boring movie to me. And lastly, I saw a movie called Crystal Fairy with Michael Sarah. Interesting movie. Interesting indie movie where he just plays this jerk character that like <laughs> wants to go to Chile and get high. So. Wait, so he's playing himself from this is the end? Uh, no, because that version's, well, no, because that version's, like, way over the top, like, super high, and this one's just more, like, a jerk. <laughs> Alright. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, Abe, I finally yeah. saw Holes. Really? Yes. Louis Sackar's book? Yeah. Made into a movie? Holes with Shia He's really good at that movie. I know, he's not bad. It's a, like, when he's When he was making those, like older movies where he's still doing a uh, even stevens yeah he wasn't bad i had never like mind him as that he's just kind of like i just mind him in a cut in some movies in particular but as an in general i don't really mind him he can shut his mouth every now and then in real life but like <laughs> what'd you think of holes it was good i liked holes was, uh, i liked it it was a solid movie it's called solid disney kids movie it was fun yeah would you well you re- i'm assuming you read the book as well i haven't read the book you have not no Oh, you should read the book. It's pretty fun. It's All probably right. like you know taking you like twenty minutes. It's written for fifth graders. Oh, good. <laughs> I spent my time <laughs> reading the whole. Just watch the movie. <laughs> you bastard! All right, holes. <laughs> Two thousand three classic. Yeah. <laughs> Ten years later. Yeah, did it, guys. Did it. It was like it was. I was in my. It was in a hotel. I was watching. I was just flipping through some of the channels one night, and like holes started. I was like, I never saw holes. <laughs> I guess I could watch this. <laughs> Are you saying this South Africa is ten years behind? 
No, because they had, they had, I watched like Django Unchained also. It was like, all right. Uh, Love that you saw it. <laughs> I just figured like, Abe would like the fact that I watched Holes. So that's, that was part of the reason why I chose to watch Holes. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's get to... That was out now, Cookies. Yeah. Let's move on to movie trailer talk. Each week on Out Now, there we discuss some of the newest trailers and what they're when they're coming out, what's going on, what we think about them. And we got a couple here. The first one is for the new Wes Anderson film, The Grand Budapest Hotel. This film stars oh, pretty much everyone that's ever been in a Wes Anderson movie, and you're also adding on Ray Fiennes, Shears Ronan, Jude Law... Tilda Swint, well, Tilda Swint was in Moonrise, but then, yeah, all the regulars, Bill Murray, Willem Dafoe, Jeff Goldblum, Owen Wilson, uh, Harvey Keitel's back too, Jason, Jason, Jason Schwartzman, um, a lot of things happening, I'll read the IMDb description, the adventures of Gustav H., a legendary concierge at the famous European hotel between the wars, and Zero Mustafa, the lobby boy who becomes his most trusted friend. Oh, it's almost like a reverse studio. So there you go. Abe, hey, what did you think of the trailer for this film? Yeah. This trailer is amazing. And I'm not saying that because I like Wes Anderson films in general, but I thought that it was really funny. Um, there's a, a lot of the, the characters here are, are very quirky. And even Ray Fiennes with his weird, like, super thin French mustache uh, or mustache. And there's a very funny punching scene that had me basically rolling on the ground. Uh, so R-O-F-L... Whatever, LMAO. Yeah, there you go, Internet. I just spoke your language. So I, I really I highly encourage everyone to see this, and I definitely want to see this when it comes out. Yeah, I do too. Like, I, I, I'm i a big Wes Anderson fan, and while this movie certainly looks... Like, Moonrise Kingdom, I felt, was a movie that I think a lot of people could watch, and, not, and regardless of their opinions on Wes Anderson... I feel like this movie is just right back into pure Wes Anderson mode, where it's the most kind of <laughs> o- like if you watch the trailer for this movie, it's just so obvious that it's a very idiosyncratic type movie where it's very purposeful in what it's doing and very much fitting in the Wes Anderson style. And so that's what this seems like. That said, I can't wait. It looks fantastic. It's got this great <laughs> cast. It looks really funny. It's got again this really kind of obscure, quirky plot ing going on. The look of the hotel and everything around it, like it just looks like a lot of fun for a person that likes Wes Anderson. So like I'm I'm down to see it. The Grand Budapest Hotel opens March seventh, two thousand fourteen, next year. So see how that goes. The next one we have here is a trailer actually for a TV series. Um, TV, I think it's a series or a mini series. Anyway, it's on HBO. It's called True Detective. Um, it's a it's a HBO series that stars Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as two detectives who become entangled in a, a very long hunt for a serial killer in Louisiana. Um, uh, I believe like one of the first episodes directed by uh, Kerry Fukunaga, if I'm not mistaken, he did the movie. What was it called? Uh, Sin Nombre. Oh. Um, yeah, Sin Nombre, and um, I believe he did he did the um, the Jane Eyre adaptation with uh, Michael Fassbender and Mia Wasikowska a couple years ago as well. And now he's moved into this kind of zone, and I'm. I'm Really interested. Um, I I like this. I like that. I've seen a lot of kind of clips for this show um, over the past couple months, and it just looked. I, I'm hoping it's good. I hope it's not like like I'm not a big fan of AMC's The Killing. I hope it's less like that and more like I don't know, like Seven or something like that. Something that kind of really gets under your skin and allows you to get into the minds of these people as well as whatever else is going. Or like Silence of the Lambs would be another good example. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm down to watch. I mean, by the way, it's an HBO series of Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, so that's like that's a step right there that I'm like, yeah. yes, let's see that. But uh, it just looks ge- genuinely good. So let's see. Right. Abe? 
I certainly uh, am excited for this one as well. And two things that make it really exciting is just the the character or the actors, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Um, and also that it's being produced and I guess put on HBO. So I know that they're, they're going to go with whatever they feel is going to hopefully make the storyline go. I haven't really been disappointed by any of the shows that HBO has been put on lately in this past probably decade. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that. And, it's kind of a strange thing where you, you get a sense of the story, but at the same time, you sort of don't. And there are scenes where Matt McConaughey is older and Woody Harrelson is presumably older. And I'm just curious to see what the storyline is going to be. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this. I was kind of hoping that there was a leaked uh, there was a leaked episode one somewhere and I could view it. But They'll probably put it online as soon as, like, the week it comes out or something. Probably on HBO. HBO tends to do that. They'll put – well, no, they, they tend to put out, like, their shows, like – some of them occasionally they'll put like one episode out just to kind of give you a feel. So, mm-hmm. we'll so uh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, uh, True Detective that premieres uh, January 12th, 2014. So, Coming up soon. Yep, yep. All right, so with that out of the way, let's get to our main review now. Let's get to our main film review for Out of the Furnace. Russell, you work too much. Gotta bring home the bacon to fatten you up. <laughs> How much are you loaning? 1500 I ain't got that kind of cash lying around to bail you out. <laughs> Bro, you wanna get a drink later? Yeah. Want a liquid dinner? <laughs> you want another? No, no, Rodney was supposed to meet me here a half hour ago. Now why the hell you want it fired? I just need the money. All right, so that should have been some of the trailer for Out of the Furnace. This is the second film from the writer-director Scott Cooper, who previously directed Crazy Heart with Jeff Bridges. This film is about Rodney Bayes, played by Casey Affleck, who mysteriously disappears. And when the law enforcement fails to follow through on his disappearance, his older brother, Russell Bayes, who's previously gotten into his own trouble, uh, but is generally an honest guy, takes matters into his own hands to find justice. Uh, a lot of co-stars in this film, Woody Harrelson, Willem Dafoe, Sham Shepard, Zoe Saldana. Forrest Whitaker, um, yeah, seems like it seems like it has a lot high caliber of acting, but I don't know what do we think, Abe. Uh, I would definitely agree that the caliber of acting is super high in this. It's almost if I could equate it to the NFL, and there are about four quarterbacks in the NFL right now that make every team better, regardless of who is on it. Christian Bale would be one of those quarterbacks where he, I don't know if he's actually making everyone better, but every film that he's been in so far has been one of those films where. Everybody, the acting is top notch, and this one is no, no, uh, no less of that. And I really am excited to say that Casey Affleck has really become one of my favorite actors, um, probably in the past five years. Um, and he's he's really good in this movie. Uh, the whole entire story in itself, it's a little bit of a of a story that I guess you would see play out in any other movie about brothers and uh, family and and you know. Uh, drugs and violence and whatever else, but it's uh, it's I think the, the thing that sets that part is just really the acting. I, I can really understand, you know, I guess the the motives of some of the characters, and I kind of really was humbled by the viewing experience just because you were I, I was I was sort of taken into the realm of hey, like this is the life that we live, and um, I live a pretty simple life, and even Zoe Saldana, I'll say there was there's one part uh, where she and Christian Bale are, are interacting, and that part was kind of sad too. And 
Uh, I don't know. It, it's kind of like a, a depressing film, but the acting is pretty solid. Uh, Storyline was just uh, it was good, but I don't know if there was uh, a, a story. Or you've you've seen a film like this before, so yeah, Aaron. I completely agree with everything you just had to say. Um, oh, boom! There you go. Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the performances are what elevate the material. That said, I do like the. I definitely like this, the first half of this movie more than the second half. The second half goes into this kind of revenge plot, which isn't bad. It's just, like you said, you've kind of seen how this plays out before. That said, I really like the setup, and I like the kind of way the story unfolds itself. And you, it relies heavily on Christian Bale. I mean, he he plays this kind of... He's a very genuine person, and he's a hard worker, and you get that sense. And you get the idea that he's making choices that he feels are the right thing to do. And regardless of the situation he's in that may be bad or not... It's neat to see him play such a, a kind of honest character, and he certainly he's, he's giving a very low key performance too, which is something I also appreciated. Like it's it's not the screamy Christian Bale that we saw in like Terminator Salvation of all things. Like it's just <laughs> this he just plays this kind of guy, and he has a brother, and he cares about him, and he just leads it to kind of some natural plot twi- uh, turns that are neat to watch to an extent, but it's just elevated by the actors on display. And I do think Casey Affleck's quite good. I, I, I like um, Woody Harrelson. I think he yeah. he's, he's turning a character that's very... He, he, there's not much to the character, but I think Woody Harrelson is strong enough as an actor to make you kind of get this guy, especially towards the end of the film and how things play out with him. I just I liked what he was doing as an actor for that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the... Those are the main three. I mean, you got... Yeah, um, Harrelson, Bale, and Affleck, and then the others, while good, they just don't get much else to do in the film besides. I agree of, with that. Then they, they just kind of aid the um, aid Bale or aid um, Affleck. I mean, it, you have Zoe Saldana, who I do think is quite good in the the little bit that she has, but I mean, she's just there to to kind of build up Bale's character and what he's trying to do. Same with Whitaker, and same with Sam Shepard. Uh, Sam Shepard was probably my biggest disappointment. Not, it, not saying just he's not a bad actor, but he just they didn't really give him much. He's just yeah, he's just kind of there, and yeah. it, which is actually the same kind of thing in Mud, actually. <laughs> oh really? Okay. Yeah, and he plays and he plays it also in August Sage uh, County. Um, so he has this kind of triple feature of like playing this kind of this kind of character, the quiet this the year, quiet guy in the, in the yeah. film. Yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, again. I, I did like the first half quite a bit. I loved how it was kind of slowly trolling out the different like, aspects of these characters, where they were, who these people were, what what was going on. And it like it's very deliberately paced, and it's something I appreciated in this kind of movie, because I didn't yeah. know where it was going necessarily in that early half, and especially given things that happened to Christian Bale's character, something I didn't see coming at all. So yeah. it's it was neat to see how that played out. But, uh, yeah, and that's one of the things I appreciate about it, the film. I mean, the, the pacing is something I... I I think it's fine, but there are some, maybe I think one or two slow moments, and I really, uh, it's nothing, it's nothing big. It just was something that I paid attention to. I was thinking, well, this scene is kind of taking a long time and whatever else. But um, that's what I liked about the film, too, is just that it's taking its time in developing these characters, so you kind of really get a sense of them. Uh, there's no huge rush toward the end either. And the other thing I liked about it is, obviously, you've seen in the trailers, there's some bare-knuckle fighting, and Casey Affleck is fighting for money, and he owes some people some money and whatever else. But it's not a movie where, like, Christian Bale is a secret, a super awesome secret fighter, and he's going to go into the ring and, like, you know, Van Damme everybody, like, in the quest. Yeah, yeah, kind of the quest. I, that's where I kind of thought it was going too. Like he'd be, he'd have to go to the ring and take his matters into his own hand or something like that. And it doesn't. Yeah. It goes a different kind of direction. 
And I like that about it because it doesn't have to be Christian Bale as an action superhero from the Batman film series. So we have to make him uh, a fighter and everything. And, you know, I funny that I mentioned the fighter because I thought about that in this film, which is, man, that guy is good. He's, he's a good actor. And I just bummed out that um, not to, not as many people want to see that, but we'll see that box office. Um the other thing I, I kind of liked uh, is how they really set up Woody Harrelson, especially from the beginning. He's such a scumbag. Oh, yeah, I mean, the movie and, opens with him. Like, yeah, it's, it and really, he's doing, like, really dick moves. It, it, it wants to make you know that he's just a horrible person, like, and it, and it really, really delivers on that. Yeah. And he plays it up even more. You know, he has these conversations with Casey Affleck at one point, slapping him really quickly, and I was like, what the f***? You're going to be a good boy and take a dive like Petty said you would. I'm not going to have to teach you a lesson. No, he's good. He's good. You teach me a lesson? I gave you a word. Yeah. Teach you a lesson. Everything's good. Let me hear you say it. Teach me a lesson. Yeah, isn't that what we talked about? Was this boy daft? No, no. Hmm? You've been hit too many times. <laughs> Listen, we talked. Everything's good. <laughs> hey, yeah. I like this one. He's tough. I'm angry. Which really, and those are great. Like, it's a really good way to establish who this guy is, given yeah. that you know that he's a jerk. He's just this horrible person, but you kind of get a you get a good sense of the kind of jerk that he is, I guess. And I think Woody Harrelson does a very good job at that. Yeah, I, overall, it's uh, I like the film. It's just again, I think I've seen it enough times, but. Again, the performances are what would drive me back to see it again. Bale, and, in, Bale in particular, because I think this is one of Bale's best kind of performances that I've seen on film in a while. And, and yeah, and I like what, like what you said. He's the straight brother. Yeah, I mean, he's just nothing fancy about him. I mean, he he uh, just paints his house on the weekend. He, he's chipping away the paint and he's just repainting it. And that's the life that he leads. And he has this great uh, dialogue with Casey Affleck later. It's like, you know, you. Think about your pride and swallow your pride. And, you know, I work at the mill. Your father, our dad works at the mill. Maybe you should, too. And, and then Casey Affleck, Casey Affleck basically highlights his performance in, in that scene as well. Because you see what he does. Casey Affleck plays a person that's served several tours in, in, in Iraq. Yeah. And um, it's neat to see how that plays into who this person is, including his – that which go into his boxing scenes as well. Like, it's it, – yeah, it just, it just leads to interesting things for the characters. but. Mm-hmm. I should say this movie takes place on the Rust Belt, which is like the Appalachian Mountain areas and like Pennsylvania, that kind of thing. And, and, and it, like four years ago, or five years ago. Yeah, and it looks very good. Like it's a good-looking movie. It's from the uh, cinematographer, same cinematographer that did The Gray, among other things, uh, Masanobu awesome. Takeyanagi. And um, I like the look of this movie. It has this kind of. It's he also did Warrior. <laughs> um, just saying. Yeah, that, that's one of the callbacks. And uh, Silver Linings Playbook, just naming movies that he shot in the past couple of years. Um, but uh, it it's kind of mixes the kind of dirtiness and the grittiness of some of these areas with a lot of kind of really good shots of just the forests and the the, mm-hmm. the woods and the the backwoods that these these characters are living in. I I just I I enjoyed the the kind of the feel of this movie. It's had a good atmosphere. Yeah, and I think I said it before. Whereas it's it's a humbling experience because you don't get a sense that Christian Bale is this huge actor and um I mean yeah sure he's good looking but they live very I guess. Uh, 
simple lives, and simple is probably not even the most uh, appropriate term because that makes it sound like I'm being derogatory. But you know, they they just live how they live. They just work in uh, working class folks, and it is a bummer because you know one of the things that you've heard in the film is just oh, fifteen hundred dollars. I don't have that money lying around, and if you work for a living, you might think fifteen hundred dollars is nothing, but that kind of puts everything into context. And so they're from a small town. Everyone knows each other and it's a bummer. So yeah. All right. Well, I think we've, um, the Eddie Vedder song pops up twice too. And it's, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think, I think we pretty much done all we can do talking about out of the furnace. Uh, let's get to our rating each weekend out. Now we try to rate movies based on when you should go and see them. And we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater, dollar theater, Netflix, HBO TV, or just kind of forget about it on that scale. A, where would you put out of the furnace? I'd say uh, Dollar Theater. I don't know if it's, you know, it, it's a little bit of a slower-paced thinking film, and so you don't really necessarily have to rush out and see it right away. Yeah, I agree with that, Dollar Theater. Seems about That's fine. so Even... weird. What is going on, Aaron? You just agree. Are you reading my notes? Yes. Oh. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple joke. Let's, uh, let's do a little callback. Callback, This is where we talk about a couple of movies that reminded us in some way of the main feature of the week that we thought of either during or after the film. Abe, do you have any uh, callbacks on your mind? I mentioned Warrior already. I'll also say Thor, and uh, and then I'll also say uh, a movie that we watched this year, Prisoners. Not because it's the same concept, but just the simpleness of their lives and how they go about everything. Prisoners is mine too. It's I, I oh. have <laughs> I know, I know. I have prisoners. Come back from South Africa, and we're on the same page yeah. all over again. I had uh, Killing Them Softly came to mind. Ah, okay. Um, Terrence Malick's Days of Heaven came to mind. Um, the show Justified came to mind, which has a lot of kind of similar things going on. Uh, Place Beyond the Pines. Really interesting. That's a good callback. And the uh, this film, The Three Burials of Melikatos Estrada, a film I really like, by the way, with uh, Tommy Lee Jones and Barry Pepper. Um, that's a fantastic movie that I really want to revisit at some point, but I, I, that came to mind too while I was watching Out of the Furnace. Um, and yeah, let's uh, let's move on from Callback. Callback, Callback, Callback. Wanted to hear it. <laughs> oh, okay. It's like I think I just do in the beginning. But callback, good job, callback, good, callback. good job to Jose, by the way, for filling in on some of this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't even ask him to. Thanks a lot, Jose. You're the man. Oh, I was gone. That was cool. That was cool to hear. Uh, let's, get, let's do a little Audible. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com. There are over 100,000 titles you can choose from for your iPhone, Kindle, Android, or any kind of MP3 player. For you, the listeners, about now, if they're today, Audible is offering a free audiobook download of a free 30-day trial, you can give, which gives you the opportunity to check out their service. Hey, do you have a book to recommend? I do have a book to recommend. It's kind of timely, and I think that you uh, would recommend this one as well. It is Long Walk to Freedom, the autobiography of Nelson Mandela, the unabridged version. Uh, it is written by Nelson Mandela, and it is narrated by Michael Boatman, and obviously it is a, a good pick for not only just uh, the events of this past week, but just overall. I mean, whenever you have books about folks' autobiographies and things that give you insight about how they live life and how they view things, uh, it certainly opens up your perspectives as well. I, I desperately want to see the movie, by the way, as well. I want to see Idris Elba. With Idris, yeah. Yeah, as, and Naomi Harris playing, playing um, in the uh, Mandela movie. I, I'm i looking forward to checking it out at some point. So. Cool. But yeah, you can download that book, The Long Walk to Freedom, um, at audibletrial.com. So now podcast, you can get it for free. You can have their service for a month. If you don't like the service, you can continue to keep the book anyway and just get rid of it no, at no cost at all. That's audibletrial.com. It helps out our show if you go use that link. Thanks, guys. 
So let's move on now. Let's get to a little feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. Exactly. This is where we we read out some of the answers that you gave us to the various questions we've asked at our Facebook and Twitter page, facebook.com slash outnowpodcast and twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. This is the time where all the listeners' answers come to life because Abe and I are going to read them out loud. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> um, our first question we asked, best film about bare-knuckle fighting or at least non-traditional boxing? Robert James has those Clint Eastwood things with the orangutan we're amusing. That's uh, Any Which Way But Loose, <laughs> and it had a sequel, Any Any Which Way You Can, I believe. That's the right thing. Any Which Way You Oh, I got to find Any Which Way You Loose. Any Which, yeah, right, yeah, Any Which Way You Can. Anyway, yeah, those, yeah, which is, that's basically Clint Eastwood, his friend, and an orangutan named Clyde go around and they get into bare-knuckle boxing matches. Those are real movies that happened. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen them both with Scooter, actually. Um, Jim Jim Deeds, friend of the show, put Bloodsport or Enter the Dragon. Uh, April tried to suck up to me by choosing Fight Club, my favorite movie, <laughs> as he has only the strong, and Ryan has the obligatory Snatch. And then we asked best films about characters with huge regrets. Uh, Mike writes Rambo. Robert writes The Maltese Falcon, the ending. Jason writes Batman and Robin because the film audience regrets seeing that film. Uh, Danny writes, Uncle Rico from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> if only the court should put him in the fourth quarter. Oh, that's where that's from? All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Rico, I could have been I could have been a star. Uh, Izzy writes, Copland with uh, Slice the Loaf. Next then we asked, favorite Casey Affleck film? Some of these, okay. April wrote, The Assassinated of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Kevin Taft, friend of the show, wrote Jesse James. Scott Middleson put Gone Baby Gone. That'd be my choice. Gerard put Gone Baby Gone. Brandon put John Gone Baby Gone. Manish put Gone Baby Gone and The Assassination of Jesse James. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shelly Mitchell Green put The Killer Inside Me and Gone Baby Gone. And Jason Ritter has, wait, Casey Affleck acts? Answer is yes. Uh, favorite Woody Harrelson film? Mike writes Zombieland. April writes Natural Born Killers, Now You See Me, and Catching Fire. Robert writes, No Country for Old Men. Uh, Rebecca writes, Not a film, but a stint on Will and Grace, which I don't recall. But I recall it, actually. I'll, uh, I'll go with it. I, I actually, I, that was when I was watching Will and Grace. I watched it like, for like four seasons, and I was like, okay, this show's not good anymore. But like, I remember putting <laughs> Ellison on there. Uh, Gerard writes, Natural Born Killers. Ryan also writes, Zombieland. Margie writes, The Messenger, which I believe was an HBO film. No, it was uh, a movie. It was a full, was, full movie, yeah. The him no, and, no, uh, but it was... It was uh, it was a wait, was it? Yeah, it was a theatrically released movie. It's oh, really? A very by good movie. HBO, produced by HBO. Films? No, it's not. No, it's not an HBO movie at all. It's a what movie. am I thinking of? I don't know, but not the Messenger. Messenger's a good movie with him and uh, Ben Foster, and yeah. then he joined up with the same director for the movie Rampart. Ah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I no, remember both... that it was with Ben Foster, and people were giving Ben Foster critical acclaim. And... Well, Woody Harrelson was nominated for an Oscar for the Messenger. Oh, so again, my, making it not an HBO movie. Yeah, my apologies. <laughs> good movie. Yeah, the Messenger. Uh, Linda writes Natural Born Killers and The People versus Larry Flint. Ava writes, I forgot about The People versus Larry Flint. He was really good in that as well. I think he's highly underrated. Danny writes Kingpin. Yes. And Jason writes Defender, Zombieland, Seven Psychopaths, and Now You See Me. Oh, now You See Me, love. All right. Yeah. Um, I got to say, um, uh, I'm glad you agreed with Kingpin because Kingpin, Kingpin and Natural Born Killers are probably my choice for my favorite Woody Allen. Or Woody, Woody Allen. Woody Harrelson movies. Uh, I think Natural Born Killers, he's just scary good in that film. And Kingpin, Kingpin, I think I, and I, cause I think I've talked about my love for, there's something about Mary before, but Kingpin, I think is such a good movie. It's, it's such a, it's really funny, but like the story is just legit good and how it, where, where it goes with that. But 
And he's, in a missionary position doesn't make you a missionary. And he's just really good in that movie. It's so yes, yeah. <laughs> and the way that he uh, his his flair when he's bowling, and then his his fake hand, and yeah, it's yeah, it's really God. Good. Him and Bill Murray with their hair in that movie. Oh my God, it's so funny. <laughs> oh, let's watch. But yes, you have rent money. Yeah. Oh, let's watch. Let's watch it right after this when we're done. <laughs> He's good in Seven Psychopaths too. Like I give a lot of credit I to Chris. Haven't seen yet, I, I which you that. need to. Yeah, I give a lot of credit to Chris Walken because I think that's one of his best performances ever. But like that whole cast is really solid, and Woody Harrelson's a really big part of that too. So, mm-hmm. Defender is quite good too. I like Defender. Defender. I like Woody Harrelson. <laughs> He's a good actor. <laughs> I like him in movies. Do that more. Defender. Woody. That's my cheers. <laughs> I was going to mention Cheers, but that's not a movie. But April also... Was it April? Rebecca put... Rebecca mentioned. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he's, he's good in that. And it's it's kind of amazing to think that he still looks like he's under 50, which is... He, is he, it... Yeah, he looks for, for being a bald man. Like, like, like he's been in films and TV for, like, a long time. He's, yeah. he's done a good job of holding on to the image that he has, I'd say. Yeah, because you, you think about uh, him in Cheers, and he's a young dude in Cheers, but yeah. he still looks fairly young now. Like, and... White Men Can't Jump. Another good movie with Woody Harrelson. Yeah! <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, I can jam! <laughs> and then he can't jam, and he loses uh, dollars to I bought that on Blu-ray not too long ago. I might finally watch I haven't watched it yet, but I love White Men Can't Jump. Who's his fun. girlfriend in that movie? Uh, Rosie Perez. Rosie Perez. And yeah. she's, she's reading the Guinness Book of World Records yeah, or some, some trivia book. So she's like, on Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah, so she can win Jeopardy. And yeah, I mean, that's a movie about regrets right there. Boom. Uh, yeah, that's it's because, yeah, that's spoiler alert, they don't they don't get together in the end. It's a good movie. So. Um, all right. That's enough praise for Woody Harrelson. <laughs> Let's get to, you know, we can praise Casey Affleck, too. I like him in those Oceans movies. I like him in, <laughs> him in those. Him. <laughs> Him, him and Scott Kahn do so Scott much Kahn, in those yeah, movies. They're, they're like they're, set, they're they're set, they like get everything done. They're like the guys that get things done in those movies. But yeah. anyway, moving on. You ever been to Provo? <laughs> All right, uh, let's get to some questions. We asked you guys if you had any questions for us to read on on our show. Yeah, and again, and, we're stockpiling some of these because some of these are a little more re- more relevant later. So yes. don't forget, don't don't think we forgot about you guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we certainly have a lot. We have a lot from. From Jason, we have a lot from Izzy. Like, I always put some in from Izzy because he has fun questions, but some of them aren't <laughs> always related in any way. Just want to put them on. But yeah, we got a lot of questions. We'll eventually get to them as we go on. Okay, so here we go. Our first question is from Patrick Butler. He asks, best movies ever filmed in South Africa? I think Abe and I know the answer to this question already, so let's just go, Abe. Here we go. Blood, Blood Diamond, Diamond, District 9, Nine Dread, Tootsie, and, and Free, Free Willy, Willy Escape, Escape from Pirates, Pirates Cove. Cove. Yeah, those oh, are... my gosh, Aaron, you have the same movies that I have. Yeah, we just know. Those are obviously the best movies ever filmed in South Africa. Boom. Yeah. yeah. Gary asks, how is the best foreign language film category shaping up in pre-awards time? Great question, Gary. There's a there's a lot um, that I've, I've seen personally this year. Um, I, I'm a big fan of The Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. Um, that's from Denmark. I, I really want that film to be nominated, so we'll see. Um, I believe the, uh, the Grandmaster for Juan Carlo, I believe that's getting a lot of heavy promotion as well, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the full cut of that movie, his original version. Weinstein version? Yeah, not the Weinstein version. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones that have happened recently, too. I was going to answer with, you know, I haven't actually seen that many foreign movies, not because I, I don't like them, I actually like them a lot, but I just haven't really heard any buzz about uh, that many. Blue is the warmest color. Oh my god! Okay, yeah, there we go. Blue is the warmest color. That's another obvious one because that won a lot of that won the the bomb and uh, can. Um, I think two lives. That's a film from Germany. I think that was getting a lot of praise as well. Uh, Wajida. 
That's the that's the film from um, Saudi Arabia, the first film uh, from a female director in Saudi Arabia. That one's definitely getting up in there. There are others as well, but I think I've mentioned the ones that are the ones most likely to get a lot of uh, kind of praise in the in the coming coming months, especially when it comes to Oscar time. So we'll see. Uh, all right, let's move on to our next question. Izzy asks, who would you consider the current best action star of our time? Mm, that's a great question. I wonder about that. Here's a here's a counter question to that, and Aaron, okay. you can answer. Okay, go. It's uh, do you think that we're moving away from that sort of action genre and kind of moving toward a little bit more of like the dramatic roles and you know less less actually fun camp stuff like no, the '80s and '90s? Well, no, I just think the we were away from those types of movies like Arnold movies, for example. But I mean, we just were we we replaced that with superhero movies. That's oh, true. That's that's what it is. I mean, we just replaced that kind of the way to quench the first for action movies has, has gone away from kind of guys with big guns shooting at everything and turned into superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that like Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth are like the big action stars of today. I'd still say that Dwayne Johnson is easily the best action star of our time along with Jason Statham. I think those are the two odd, the easy answers. Vin Diesel. I was going to say Jason Statham, but yeah, I, I definitely love the rock answer. Dwayne yeah, Johnson. Yeah. Dwayne John. Yeah. Uh, Wayne, the rock, the D is silent Johnson. I mean, <laughs> and, but I mean, and Vin Diesel as well, um, especially because fast and furious is basically the biggest action franchise going on right now. So yeah. I mean, um, Cause I grew up in the time where, you know, action was, Schwarzenegger. Yeah, I grew up with Schwarzenegger, exactly. And every time that you saw a Schwarzenegger on a poster, you thought, you you knew what movie it was going to be, and you were fine with it, because he's just, yeah. Yeah, but in terms of, like, an actor that's selling a movie based on his name that's going to be a huge hit, Jason Statham isn't that person, necessarily. He sells a certain amount of tickets, but it's not the the same kind of thing where a Schwarzenegger movie is going to be in the top ten of the year in terms of box office bucks. That's going to be a superhero movie. But again, those aren't movies with the exception of maybe Robert Downey Jr., those aren't movies that are selling the movie based on the name on the title. You don't go see Thor The Dark World because it's a new Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth. It doesn't say Hemsworth on the poster. It says Thor. Marvel. So we're just in a different time. We've just kind of moved. So. Yeah. But in terms of answering that question, The Rock and Jason Statham and like Vin Diesel, probably close third. Uh, maybe so. Well, are there any... Not because not even like not even like the foreign martial arts stuff is like huge. I mean Donnie well, Yen I mean, certainly. Donnie Yen, well, he's been around yeah, forever too. Like he's been around. Yeah, for exactly. Years. People <laughs> are like, oh, Donnie Yen is like, it's like no, he's been around since like, like early Chow Yun Fat days and yeah. also uh, Tony Leung days when Tony Leung still looked like a kid, yeah. like and hard boiled. So I mean Donnie Yen's been around. It's just you know now he's just you're seeing him a little bit more widely. Trying to think of who who else is like around there. I mean, I guess like, in the international well, I mean, market. Well, no, just in general. I mean, I guess if you want to like count anybody, like I guess Mila Jovovich and all those Resident Evil movies. Is like, Mil- yeah. Like, and yeah. she was she was pretty. She was like a huge action star, and he got game. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and Bruce Willis has been doing the same thing again and again. The Die Hard stuff and the uh, Red series. I mean, Matt uh, Damon had his, you know, Matt Damon kicking ass on the Bourne movies among. But others. I guess in terms of like a pure, not pure, pure movie, like action, one, star. one where they do heavily more action movies than. Than the rest of their uh, pedigree, and yeah, you would say Jason Statham because he's done he's done the the Transporter series. He's also done Crank, and you know he, he does these, a lot of. He has these like, like uh, Homefront and Safe or his more most recent movies. Yeah. I mean, just he does pure action movies. He does he doesn't like really kind of stretch into. And other, he's a martial artist. And so, yeah, it is a martial artist. So, I guess Tom Cruise kind of fits in that category too. Like he's, he's been he's, doing dramatic roles. Too. I mean, the last movies he's done are Oblivion, Jack Reacher, and Mission Impossible. Like they're all they're all action movies. Like. Uh-huh. 
and his next one is an action movie as well. And then he has Mission Impossible Five. I mean, so it's I never, yeah, I never really thought of him as an action uh, film star, but there you go. I that, mean, yeah, that's that that a good point. And then you have Liam Neeson, like Liam Neeson. Oh like, yes. Like, oh, how can we forget Liam Neeson? <laughs> I mean, he played God, and actually, he didn't play God. He played a what's his face, Zeus. Zeus. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the, I mean, his late career has been action movies. Right. Um. And yeah, I don't. Who else? Denzel Washington, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he kind of switches between dramatic and two guns. Yeah. But... Uh, Taylor Kitsch, I guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah. See, the, none. Of, but yeah, yeah. You see, has been a little bit more toward that, but I think that he he's still waiting for that role. You, to make you it. can obviously see what we're saying. There's just not like it's not person that are cashing in on the fact that they have big muscles to sell that movie anymore. Besides, maybe. Oh, The Rock, obviously. Rock. Yeah, but I mean, The Rock is also a really good actor. Yeah, that helps. And even he, like, it. there's not many action films in his over. Well, now The Rock is the Fast and Furious series, but I mean, before that, like, he had the rundown, and then he took a big break from doing action-type stuff. I mean, he could have he stuck with doing Scorpion King-type stuff. Yeah, but he didn't. He tried to branch out and do exactly. some comedies. He did, like, Be Cool, which he was the best part of. And he's like, he did the, and he did the kids movies too. He did the game plan and all that nonsense. Yeah, so, I mean, and, yeah, he was and even it. like Gridiron Gang, which I think is actually he's pretty good in as an actor. It's a Steve Carell movie that he was in. Steve Carell, uh, Get Smart. Get Smart, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, he's he's tried to have range, but yeah, he certainly fits the mold of an action hero given how giant his arms are. So yeah, I mean that guy is beastly. Oh, that's a good answer, though. I mean, again, I think we're just you're right that we're in a different time that that superheroes are taking over, but. Yeah, I kept on thinking of like a commando poster, and there's no real poster like that that comes to mind in the recent, you know, past 20 years probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, because we're out of the Reagan 80s, we don't, we're not in that era anymore. So. Cold War era. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wolverines and Hugh Jackman, but Hugh Jackman really changes his his range up a well, lot. Well, if he's not Wolverine, then he's not an action movie. Swordfish. Thank you. Okay, yeah, you, you nailed that one from 13 years ago. All right. Adam also asked, it seems Warner Brothers Studios are developing DC Universe on TV. Why can't the new Flash be on HBO instead of the CW network? Uh, it's a matter of licensing. That's I think what so, it comes yeah. down to. Yeah, and, I mean, the, Warner Brothers is DC. Like, they're, they're I mean, it's almost like paying uh, royalty fees. If, if maybe HBO wanted to take it on, they'd probably have to pay Warner Brothers probably all of their earnings and profits. Yeah, And also, I don't, HBO just they don't seem to be in the superhero business. They seem to be on their own speed. The closest thing they have to going out there is Game of Thrones, and even that's just The Wire set in medieval times. So, I mean, it's... <laughs> <laughs> and folks, if you haven't seen The Wire, Aaron and A really, really recommend it. So, it, you know, it, it's just not the kind of thing they're doing. I see. I can see the point of your question, though. Why can't we have more of these type of heroes on these type of networks? And with that said, I mean, we got the... Um, that And I think this question came before this, but we got that whole Netflix announcement with the various superhero shows yeah, being yeah, developed for Netflix. For superheroes. Yeah, so, are... I mean, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility, but, you know, it just depends. It depends on who owns these licenses. That's what it really comes down and to. And I think that's the biggest bummer, because people are always saying, well, why isn't Spider-Man in the Avengers series? Because he's owned by Sony, and... Avengers are owned by Marvel. So yeah, so, I mean, so. if one day they do, they do purchase that, that license and that right... If Sony stops making these remakes, then of course that you'd see Spider-Man. You have to come down to some kind of massive like failure on one or the other to be like, you know what? Let's combine forces finally. Like that's what it has to be, and that's just I not going to happen. It's not like Spider-Man's going to tank at the box office next year. So I mean, they definitely need Captain Planet. <laughs> yeah, to combine your powers. powers. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Last question. This one's from Izzy. Chicken or beef? Mm, depends on the day, but usually I'd go with chicken. I I probably agree. Yeah. All right. Good question, Izzy. Thank you. Thanks, Izzy. That was a good one. 
<laughs> All right, let's move on now. It's um, I think it's a uh, it's time for a box office results here. We we could go over the box office results and what we uh, predicted versus what actually happened at the box office. I was not here last week, obviously, but Abe, do you remember the numbers you guys predicted for Out of the Furnace? Yes, I predicted a ridiculous number for Out of the Furnace. I said it was going to be $23.1 million. Jordan uh, said $7 million, and Jimmy said $10 million. Aaron, do you have the results? Yeah, Out of the Furnace came in third place with $5 million. It came in behind Frozen and The Hunger Games. Frozen continuing to make money, $31 million last weekend. Hunger Games as well, $27 million. Uh, 100 games is like 336 million dollars of domestic. Yeah, it's like over way. half a billion worldwide. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Thor's right behind, out of the furnace, and Delivery Man is somehow making money. That movie's terrible, by the way, too. Uh, it's not terrible. Wait, which it's, one? It's Delivery Man, the Vince Vaughn oh. film. It's not terrible. It's just not. Did very you see good. Starbucks? I didn't see Starbucks. How did you it's see? It's on Starbucks? Netflix streaming. On, yeah. It is. Yeah, I saw it on Netflix. Streaming. Is it any good? Uh, from what I've, from what Jose said, it was basically or it was a shot for shot remake because it's the same director. Um, yeah. But I like Starbucks. And is it you know, long? It's, it's not. It actually, it, it's pretty short. Not not very short, but you know, it's it's fairly fairly short. I might check it out. Let's see. Yeah. I want it now. It's not fairly short. It's like an hour and fifty minutes. <laughs> oh, it feels like it's pretty short. All right. Well, I'm adding it to my my list, so we'll see. All right. See if I check it out. And what else? Oh, actually, um, Inside Lewin Davis, that had a, for being on like four theaters, it had a huge, um, per theater average this weekend because it made $401,000. So that's, wow. for, yeah, people want to see a new Coen Brothers movie and it helps that it's getting great reviews and it has a great soundtrack. We will talk about this movie at some point. I, know, I definitely but. want to see it. I'm, I'm kind of sad uh, that it's not playing anywhere here. And yeah, that's pretty much it for box office. I don't know what happened with Old Boy and how they decided to distribute that because it was only on like 500 theaters. And it's made like no money. It's like I like they just wanted to bomb that into theaters, and get it I, out of there. Apparently, yeah, that's kind of my take on it too. I was looking at the numbers, and I kind of feel as though Old Boy is probably one of those things where maybe the studios kind of just gave up on it because they put it out during this very awkward time. Yeah, it's like why are we putting this Thanksgiving movie out about this horrible revenge story? Like, what's what was the decision process? And also, you you know that these kind of films from Disney and Pixar and uh, everywhere else is coming out these huge hits for the holidays, and yet you decided to release it. Then it kind of doesn't make that much sense. I don't know about the confidence level going into it. It's, I mean, it's the kind of thing where you have these kind of other choices for people to make if they don't want to see a family movie, and that's you know that makes sense. But at the same time, Old Boy's not that movie. Like Homefront's clear that movie. It's still in the top ten. Like <laughs> that came out on Thanksgiving, yeah. but. Yeah, and they moved it. They kept moving Old Boy too. It was, it was supposed that's to be what out, I was thinking. It was supposed to be just... out in October originally, and then they moved it and moved it again. It's like, what was the logic here? Yeah, because I was thinking, if you're not gonna play it now, just wait till next year. But even then, you would have moved it at least like three times already. So I don't know. And lack of confidence. Maybe it was just poor product planning. I, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. All right. So that's the box office. Let's move on now. Let's get to. Oh, actually, it's a time, ah! time for something very special. Now it's a very special segment, and this segment is uh, my Q&A with Aaron Newer uh, about his trip to South Africa. Aaron, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well today. How are you doing, Abe? I'm doing well. Thank- thanks for joining us. I know that you're a busy man. You, you take a, you know, you've been doing a lot of press junket tours about your trip to South Africa. Yeah, very busy. A lot of, a lot of much better shows than this one. Uh, yes. Uh, so we appreciate you being here. Can I get you some water? Oh, I have some water. I'm fine. Thank you. Okay, great. So uh, let's get right into it. Uh, how long did you spend in South Africa? Um, South Africa, I was in South Africa from 
I left on the 18th of November, so I arrived on the 19th, and I was there all the way up until the 29th, and at that point I then moved on to Zambia, and I was in Zambia from the 30th, or no, I was in, yeah, I was in Zambia from the 29th to the 31st, or the, the 1st. Is Zambia north or Zambia, south? Is, is Zambia south of South Africa? Okay. Well, yeah, I know. Messing with you. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, Zambia is about two countries north of uh, South Africa. Two countries north. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'll, so, I'll, did you, I'll how up. did you travel there? Oh, it took plane. Okay. It took a plane. Just, like, one of those uh, propeller planes? No, we took a <laughs> we took a small plane. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like propeller like Baloo the bear, but you know they still have like those 90 passenger propeller. Yeah. Planes. Uh, yeah, we took. Yeah, we took a smaller plane. Okay. It's about a two hour flight. What was one of the most, uh, I guess, memorable things about your first leg of the trip right in South Africa? Um, I would have to say it was being able to get up close and pet and lay down with cheetahs. Um, not, I saw that photo. <laughs> not something I would expect to have done on any trip. And, uh, yeah, so now I'm at a point in my life where I can say that I've, you know, laid down on the grass of cheetahs and listened to them purr as I, you know, touch them. Quite a, quite a, quite a neat experience, um. Really, and really cool. To where be. did you go for that? Um, so during this part of the trip, we were in the northern part of South Africa, in the province. Af- South Africa is divided into provinces, much like mm-hmm. much like our states or Canada's provinces. Like Canada, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we were in Mpumalanga, and this was in the Kruger National Park, which is basically a giant, giant, giant animal preserve. And within there, there is kind of an endangered, endangered animal area center, and in that area, they have a lot and a lot of cheetahs. And so the cheetahs that we were able to get up close to, they have been kind of raised since very young there. So they're kind of, they're very much used to oh, humans. Okay. Yeah, so like it, it's early not just like I just went out to the bush and decided to pet some cheetahs. They were very much tamer cheetahs. So I was able to get up close next to them and, you know, do that. So did you, did you try racing one? No, I didn't. They, oh, okay. they, they'd be no mesh. <laughs> <laughs> they would be no match. Yeah, Hear that, I, listeners. They I, would be no match. Maybe, you know, we both ran track in high school together. Um, yeah. But uh, there were three cheetahs in this specific area. They're all named after various candies. The one I was petting was named Milky. There was one named Crunchy. I can't remember the third one's name. Way? Sure. But together <laughs> they formed the three musketeers. So the... um. The, yeah, the, the first two of them were all very were very you know nice and calm, and one was just like <laughs> the second you walked in, it was like all right, well let's not let's, <laughs> let's not, not pet that let's one. not pet that one, yeah. But they're just <laughs> like big cats, and so it's not like it's trying to get you. It's just more like hey, I'm a cat and I do my own thing, so whatever. What was one of the the I guess most terrifying or worst experience in that first leg of the trip? Terrifying or did you go to Devil Falls during that time? That's the Zet Zambia. That's the, oh, okay. that's the latter half of the trip. That's um nothing really. It was all great. Uh, that could be the case. Well, in terms of bad experiences, I didn't have any. That's something I and that's it's not. Great. It's no, not like I'm good. trying to you know not say certain things. It's just literally nothing bad happened on this trip besides like a thunderstorm. No like, close calls or, or no close. Yeah, there's no close calls. I wasn't like near death in any situation. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to not do anything that I didn't really want to do, and I didn't feel bad about any of the things that I did have to do or anything like that. It, it was just a very enjoyable trip with very good accommodations, thanks to um, the, the the setup that my my dad my went with my father, the, the the kind of travel arrangements that were made ahead of time. So I mean, it mm-hmm. was just a very easy, stress free trip to go to another you know continent. So. Yeah. Did you step foot in the ocean, or did you guys not? not go I stepped. I did step foot in the ocean. We were we were told that the because I guess you know the South Africans like they don't 
we had we had various guides taking us through the various locations that we went to, and I guess because they're not. They don't know like American waters as well, like but a lot of people surf in South Africa, and again these are shark infested waters. Um, they 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 just kind of tell you, well it's it's you know it's kind of the cold season right now, so you don't really don't want to get in there. And it's I didn't go like full in to swim, but I I did put my I I got my legs wet, and I mean it's just like ocean water in the Pacific now, like it's you know it's not there are a lot of people a lot, a lot of other people kind of swimming on the shore and everything, but it's not freezing. It's just like it's not warm. It's just ocean water. <laughs> Oh, it's not warm. Okay, it's just it's like it's like it's like the mid fifties. So that's like hmm. pretty average for this. I guess you're probably gonna get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, and like we're we're from this area. Like we're from SoCal. Or I'm from SoCal. We're both. Well, I mean, you've been. I, I've been there many years. <laughs> we went to high school in SoCal, so we know <laughs> we know. What the, I, I know the water. You know what the water's like here, and yeah, it's just it, you know it's ocean water. Right. What was uh, one of your best dining experiences in South Africa? First leg. There's a there's a good question. Um, the first night I was here, we went to a restaurant that specialized in having like game, and so really? I had yeah, so, game. yeah, so I had a game skewer, so I got to taste the different meats of a wildebeest, a uh, impala, a a um, springbok, and a kudu. These are all basically different types of venison. Yeah, that, that's uh, weird that you're naming all these car models, but sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the uh, the kudu is definitely the tastiest of these these four different meats. Springbok uh, is also the name of the South Africa's rugby team. That's their mascot. It is, it is yeah, it's one of those, yeah. So. Um, all very good, though. I really enjoyed those. That was one. And then I had um, at the seafood restaurant called Blue Marlin, um, there was this very delicious crayfish. And generally, you think crayfish, you think about, like, what, like, the size, like six inches long, maybe? Yeah, like New Orleans stuff. Yeah, this thing was about, oh, a, this, is, this is a little longer than a foot. That's how big what? this crayfish is. So was. it's a lobster? It's not a lobster. It's still a crayfish. And it was amazing. <laughs> it was so good. Special seasoning or, or kind of just uh, it was, a lemon? It was, I, there was, yeah, there was some seasonings. It was prepared in a certain way and everything, but it was just so delicious. I think that, uh, oh, crayfish, not crawfish. You're right. Yeah, not okay, crawfish. I see, I see the difference now. Yeah, crawfish. Crawfish with some, fix, with some fixins. Yes, yeah, so, southern <laughs> fixins. And what was uh, one of the worst meals that you had? I can't say I was a big fan of warthog, mainly because I don't I don't eat ham. Really? I don't eat ham in general. So it's like no pumba. Yeah, but uh, yeah, wasn't wasn't a big fan of the warthog. Is it because of the the texture or the taste? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's hard to explain taste. In my, it, I, that's just not what I do. Well, but uh, it, yeah, it, it came down to just it wasn't something that I was like hmm, I need to get more of this in my mouth right now. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just yeah, it has a kind of the same. It's the same kind of thing with ham. Where I just don't really like that. Besides bacon, I like bacon, but the same kind of it's the, the <laughs> something about the taste of it just throws me the wrong way. Gotcha. And is it kind of like an earthy taste, like lamb or kinda, or something like that? Yeah, and we had. I mean, we had a lamb. Lamb was really good. But I mean, yeah, it's just kind of this. Yeah, it's a little little salty, a little uh, gamey. I guess is the word. Yeah. Okay. Did you have any uh, interesting desserts or anything like super exotic? Not, not for desserts. Not really. I, I'm a big fan of creme brulee, which you can pretty much get cheap anywhere that's not America. Anywhere. So like, <laughs> it, it was nice to go to France. Yeah, it's delicious. I, 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 I love creme brulee, so I had that a couple nights, and it was just delicious. Oh my god, really good. And in your first leg of the trip, there did you, I guess, uh, meet any cool people that you? chatted with and i mean how are the folks in south africa or i guess were you with the tour or did you guys just go out on your own um so during our trip in, in cape so we were in cape town for the first kind of few days and then we went up to the um the national park and we were at two different lodges there and so on the first leg in cape town 
we had a guide and we were the like so the time we went to Africa it's not it's not like the vacation season it's kind of it's, it's there's no Thanksgiving there so that doesn't matter it's before the holidays school's kind of still in session there's um it's after the like it's the it's the beginning of their summer it's it's kind of a, it's an it's an interesting type of time to go because so my since my dad's retired, it doesn't matter when he went, and I could just I had the time to go, so we just went, and this was kind of a, guy, a nice, quieter time. So it wasn't. What I'm trying to say is, we had our guide, and we were the only people in the group, so he was able to be very kind of with us the whole time and explain to us a lot of things. We had, our guide was uh, Ryan for this first. Oh time. wow, great! Yeah, so it was just us three basically going around Cape Town. We got to go on top yeah. of Table Mountain and uh, <laughs> go down to the Cape of Good Hope to school all these different things. And it was just very, it was a very nice trip, very informative. The guy, our Brian was very friendly. He's also a surfer who was circled by a shark once. Um, and it, it was just a, a really nice kind of thing to be on to be able to kind of learn all about South Africa and not kind of be on like a big bus and you know not be able to interact as much as you can. That yeah. said, the um, the people in South in Cape Town and South Africa in general, very nice, very agreeable. Like, it's a very nice environment to be in. And I, I, I can't say that for everywhere just because it's not like I went to, like, the different townships or, you know, shanty areas and everything. But for, you know, being in the city parts and, like, it's just a a very nice place to be. Everyone, People say hi. It's, like, the kind of thing where you, it's a, it feels very comfortable to be there. Mm-hmm. And in the um, so in the second parts, when we were kind of up in the northern part, we are doing, right. like, animal game drives and everything. Same kind of situation. We had we were kind of in jeeps driving around, and with our kind of trackers, you'd go on game drives. You just kind of sit in the jeep for hours, looking for different animals to see during the early part of the day, and then the later part of the day. Middle part gets too hot, so animals aren't really around, hanging around, singing and laughing. Uh, <laughs> so you have your kind of drive. Yeah. <laughs> so you have your driver, and he's just you know he's looking for animals, but he's also telling you all about the park, all about the different animals and everything. And again, just very nice people. All the people at the different lodges and resorts that we were staying at all very nice and obviously they're there to do a job but at the same time you kind of you, you you can tell someone's demeanor regardless of what they're trying to tell you and everyone just seemed very you know happy to be there helping out and informing you on the, what's going on and things like that right and for the second part of the trip i mean was that a little bit more of the adventurous part where you guys because i saw some of the photos you had been going to again like devil falls and whatever else um and it, i guess Maybe it sounds like a little bit more hiking as well. Um, uh, no, I'll say I. So the second part of the trip, that's why well, I mean, it's just it's more of just the trip in general. It's Zambia, which is where Victoria Falls is. It's the big Victoria Falls. Yeah, Victoria Falls, uh, which is twice as big as Niagara Falls. It's super huge. It's another. It's a natural wonder of the world, just like Table Mountain is actually. So it's not two wonders of the world as I was on this trip. No, it's just a different kind of. It's a different type of thing on the same trip where like. It, after Cape Town, which we were in a hotel, in up in the kind of the game areas where we're seeing all the animals, we were in different lodges, and that was the same in Zambia as well. We were kind of in these lodges. There's not many people there. Only like 12 people could stay in one lodge total uh, in terms of like uh, guests, and then it's then just increased by you know very few amounts in the, the the next two lodges that we stayed in. So like it's a very quiet and personal experience. But in terms of going to different places, I mean, you're in a jeep for most of the time in the um, in South Africa, when we're looking for the animals, and in Zambia, uh, we just kind of you you take a ride over to Victoria Falls, and there's lots of people. I mean, it's a big it's it's Victoria Falls. There's lots of people there. Just you kind of you kind of hike around the area, but it's not you're not like really going up hills or mountains or anything. You're just kind of walking along a path, so you can see different parts of the waterfall. So I mean, it's it wasn't 
difficult per se. I mean, there's certainly a lot of walking involved, which I don't mind. And even like there's some drier parts of the water and everything and going into the into the water. Devil's Pool is what you're thinking of, actually. Which the is Devil's Pool. Okay. Yeah, there's, Devil's Pool. there's a very specific part of Victoria Falls where you kind of swim in the water, you get over to Devil's Pool, which is right on the edge, and right. you kind of get into that. You, you look like you're going to fall off. Yeah. Uh, and I, I saw your photos. It's a little bit blurry, but I mean, other people have well, there's uh, taking photos there as well, and there's a there's a more there's a more recent blog that ah. has some very clear pictures of what I was doing at Victoria Falls. There you go. Uh, and that falls. How how large does that drop? If you I, no one's ever really fallen over, but people have fallen over. Oh, people, so I, I kind of wanted to err on the side of caution. See, people fell over like just a couple weeks ago. Actually, one girl fell over because she was being kind of not smart about it. The height is a uh, uh, 355 feet. So probably enough to. Severely maim you if not kill you. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a small height. No. <laughs> right. Yeah, and nothing you can really do. I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we were staying at the Zambezi on this on uh, the, the Zambezi. The Zambezi River is where we're. That's like oh, okay. our, our view was literally like the Zambezi River in front of where we were staying in, in the Zambezi. Were there Were there anything Was there anything in that in that river that might you have cannot swim in that river you? because it is filled with hippopotamus and crocodile hippopotami and crocodile. Okay. Uh, Saltwater crocodiles or? No, it's it's a river. It's freshwater. Crocodiles are usually saltwater. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All the crocodiles we saw were in freshwater, which included in the game reserve as well. You know, landlocked. So. Oh, I'm sorry. There there are two different types of crocodile. Uh, Yeah. You you cannot swim in the Zambezi River. No, it is completely dangerous and full of all kinds of life. Yeah. Were you guys just relaxing on this trip? I mean, was there a sense of purpose? Was it kind of like a getting away or? Kind of like a bonding trip, or is it just like you know? I'm, I'm just gonna go with my. With, I got some free time now. I'm gonna go with my dad, and here we are. That definitely was the case. Yeah, the purpose of the trip was a vacation. There was no other, yeah. no other motive besides seeing awesome things in Africa. And would you go into a different part of Africa next time, like say the savannah or you know, somewhere else, uh, probably a bit north of South Africa? I definitely, yeah, I definitely love to go back to Africa. Africa was a really nice place to be, and there, it's Africa's, you know, huge. Like the, not enough people realize how big Africa yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's, that it can it can, it can hold the U.S. and it can hold like another country in its borders. No, the it can hold the U.S., Europe, Australia, and probably more still. Like it's 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 huge. Africa, <laughs> it is it's big, and so yeah, there's a lot of area to explore in Africa. And not all of it is obviously safe, but um, or at least you know away from government turmoil and whatnot, but there's certainly a lot of other parts of Africa that are out there to explore, let alone places, a place like Egypt, where, I mean, so there's... It's, right, which is, like, north coast. Yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'd love to go back to Africa to different parts and see what else is, uh... Except for, except for the pirate parts, like in Captain Phillips. Uh, yeah, which is, which Zambia is quite close to Somalia, actually. <laughs> okay. Were, were there any, uh, nothing dangerous like that you, that you ever really thought of during your trip, right? In I terms mean, of that kind of thing, no. That was never okay. something that I, that seemed like a case. I mean, For the most part, you're kind of in a little bit more of a, uh, I, would, I don't want to say touristy part of the, the country, but. It's certainly where... a controlled area. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Controlled areas that are fit for people to come and visit Africa because, I mean, obviously tourism is a large part of the economy in these places. So, I mean, it, yeah. It, but, um. It, it, it was never a place where I felt like I was going to be in danger in any way. Right. Like, you didn't go out to the brush too far, and then all of a sudden it's like, yep, yeah, yeah, let's go back. Cause well, because you, you got to say, 
Yeah, I mean, there are, like, poachers actually do come. Like, we had a, we didn't encounter poachers, but there were poachers on the premises. We had to go back short one night because poachers were out there looking for the rhinos. Rhinos are, you know, hot commodity in Africa, and there's not right. there's not many rhinos left, by the way, which is really sad. But they literally They're, like, in the, the hundreds now. They literally say that rhinos will probably be extinct in, like, the next five years. Which is very sad. Because, it is very sad. Yeah, I think that there was a recent news story about the black rhino being extinct right now because they it's, there's like one there's one black rhino that's being protected like 24 hours by by uh, a security team. It's on a but, it's on a very low number the black rhinos, which is yeah. it's really it, like and you it can't it can't reproduce because there's only like one left or something. It's really sad. Like and you look at rhinos and like obviously rhinos are mammals, but they're dinosaurs. Those things like they, that's like the closest yeah. you get to dinosaurs at this point because it's, it's, it's like your triceratops. So. It's such a a massive thing, and there's one that just like walking in the middle of the road while you're driving around. It's like there's a rhino. All right, that's cool to see. Like and I did get to see like, like I got to see a whole lot of animals. I got to see all the big five: the buffalo, rhino. The big five. Yeah, the big five. Yeah, that's the buffalo, the rhino, the elephant, the leopard, and the lion. And yeah. big five refers to both like animals that are you know you don't find those all the time. They're also the ones that are most likely to kill you if you got in their way. And a sporting goods store. Yeah. So you can find cheaper prices elsewhere. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but about that, I mean, one of the things that uh, I guess uh, I, I get uh, on a more intellectual note it feels as though south africa has come a long way um from its apartheid state like maybe 20 years ago or do you still get a sense of sort of the the tension that's there i mean i certainly did and again it's not like i was interacting with with a lot of people that would you know, have have had to have dealt with that sort of thing or like been in areas where that was still an issue but at, i mean it's not something that i ran into so i can't like say for sure that it's you know something that doesn't occur but like yeah no nothing that i encountered Right. Okay. Yeah. And would you would you guys go somewhere else next time, or I mean, is Africa kind of like your next one on the list as well? Oh, in terms I, of like on the next vacation. Yeah. Sort of sort of related to the other question. I know that you'd go back, but you know, where where would your next trip be? I mean, I've honestly always wanted to go to like Australia or New Zealand, so I think that'd probably be the area that I go to next. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to New Zealand, and we can discuss that later. But certainly, it's uh. It's interesting there. <laughs> You're that much of a Hobbit fan. I get it. <laughs> yeah, the tours are very generic, though. Imagine over there and beyond. Peter Jackson built this entire city. There's just nothing there. You just have to imagine everything. Uh, well, now but, a lot of the sets are like installed, so you can see them, I guess. Yeah, we we asked uh, we asked the tour guide, and essentially he said, we just can't have those because they're structurally unsound, because we got a lot of earthquakes, and those are sets, so they're actually not built for a living they were just built for a short period of time, so they had to take them down. So that was an interesting fact. Anyhow, so it sounds like your trip to South Africa was uh, pretty fun. And again, it's two weeks, so it was a pretty long time. Um, yeah. Did you just come back and rest afterward? Or <laughs> you know, honestly, like, it, honestly, I didn't need to do that much resting, which is so weird to me. Like, it's, I mean, I had to take, so coming back, I had to get on a flight from Zambia to Johannesburg, and then Johannesburg up to London. And then London to L.A. That's you know that's thirty plus hours of traveling, mm-hmm. um, twenty of that in the air, and it's it's not you know you don't feel great like during that thing. Like I don't sleep well on planes, so I got a little bit of sleep from the like going up Africa, but going to L.A. Like I, I, I didn't take any sleep at all. I just watched movies the whole time. Yeah. And I mean, I figured I'd be kind of out of it because of the giant time zone difference. But I mean, I went to sleep on Monday night. I woke up Tuesday morning. and I felt great ever since. So. I did something right, I guess, in terms of yeah, switching time zones. Yeah, it was again. Uh, it's all that water keeping you hydrated. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, great. I mean, it certainly sounds like it was a good time. And again, you you've written many blog posts, and 
I think you could be adding up some photos later. Yeah, yeah, certainly on my on my Facebook page, I'll be adding a lot of pictures that I took that weren't on Instagram. I took a lot of Instagram pictures. I took over like 60 Instagram pictures, but I also have my main camera, so I took uh, hundreds of pictures, and I'll be posting those eventually. But yeah, in general, the trip was a lot of fun. I got, I mean, I got to pet cheetahs. I got to lean over Victoria Falls <laughs> and look down. Um, I got to see all these different animals. I got, you know, lions and leopard leopards are very elusive by the way so we were very lucky to catch leopards let alone rhinos because there's a few rhinos but i mean right. it's just the kind of thing you don't do that all the time so it's neat to be able to have done that so. yeah last thing about the animals just a quick comment is just i mean i think that we live in a time where you know we're, we're kind of in our computers a lot and you know we we interact over the web and we interact with people over the web but it's also really interesting just to uh, go and see animals and see how big they are and see how massive they are. I mean, if you think about giraffes and how tall they are, I mean, you think that nature is just nature is full of bountiful goodness, and it's it's good to stop once in a while, like Ferris Bueller says, and just take in things. Completely agree. And giraffes, by the way, we were, we were spoiled on giraffes and zebras. They were everywhere at one of the camps, and giraffes are so graceful. Just how they walk with their big legs, and they just kind of stroll along. Right. Same with the elephants, which I didn't get to ride. I rode elephants. And it's oh, like, you, you rode an elephant? I rode elephants. Uh, and, uh, with tusks? With, yes, with tusks. Yeah. <laughs> I liked riding elephants. I, I can't say the same about camels, so I, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm, a, I'm a big supporter <laughs> of riding elephants. Yeah, the camels spit at you. The elephants don't. Yeah. Eat <laughs> the elephants, play off their trunks. It's great. <laughs> just like uh, Mowgli. All right. So that concludes this segment of Q&A with our very special guest, Aaron Newark. We might have that again sometime. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me. You're welcome. Yeah. This show has been brought to you by PBS. All right. So let's get back to the main show here. We're going to wrap up soon. Here we go. Out Now presents What's Out Now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray and DVD this week. Uh, we have, first up, Despicable Me 2. Uh, I didn't see it. I, I'm in the minority, I know, but I don't care about this movie. <laughs> Go ask Mark Holman and his four and a half stars. Um, wow. Fast and Furious 6. Yay. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun movie. Oh my god, I, I, I've had the Blu-ray because I have to review it, and it has this extended edition that I'm excited to check out. Yeah, Hanna and Giselle, best love story ever. But at the same time, it has a preview for Fast and Furious 7, and it starts really awkward because it takes place at a funeral, and it's like, wow, this is weird it's... to watch right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. The Hunt comes out. I can't say enough about The Hunt with Mads Mikkelsen. Such a good drama. Such a really good drama. Very. It's hard to watch, I would say, in some parts, just because of the material it's handling, but a really good movie worth checking out. Um, Man of Tai Chi. This is the film directed by Keanu Reeves and starring Keanu Reeves and, um, what's his face? Um, another martial arts. Mm, I'm look it up. That I've been wanting to check out because I've heard a lot of good things about this movie, actually. Uh, that's not like necessarily great, but it's like a really good effort. Tiger, Tiger, uh, Tiger Chan, Tiger Chan. That's not the name I was thinking of, but okay. Oh, there's also one of the guys from the raid is in there too. Um, yeah, Eco. He is also yeah. he's, he's the main character. It's not the main character. Tiger Chan's the main character. Uh, no, no, no. In, in the raid. In the raid, yes. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I've been really. I I might just go out and rent this and watch it today, actually, because I've been really wanting to check out. And <laughs> I think it's on VOD too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I might go oh, rent okay. it right when I get off this actually. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. But I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, let's see. Uh, Mary Poppins, first time on Blu-ray, that comes out this week. Oh, perfect uh, timing for uh, Mr. Uh, Banks. Mr. Banks comes out yeah. next week. Yeah. Um, Doctor Who, The Day of the Doctor. I don't watch Doctor Who, but that seems like that's a big deal. And Futurama, Volume Eight, the final season. 
Uh, solid last last set of episodes. I was I was quite pleased with how it wrapped everything up for Futurama. So uh, that's a recommend as well. I would say. Very cool. All right, and now let's get to next week. Next week's show, we're going to talk about the Hobbit: The Desolation of Smaug. 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 And uh, yeah, that's the plan next week. We're going to have the same exact crew that we had last year to talk about the Hobbit. So we'll have all our friends, Mark, Adam, and Alex, back again to talk about the Hobbit. But for now. I said kaboom. Kaboom, yeah. But for now, let's do a little box office prediction. Um, I actually did mine ahead of time, Abe, but I'll give you... Oh, man, you've been doing these ahead of time lately. I know, right? I'm just trying to please... With that 140 pull and now this one. Which I was wrong about. They made more money. (laughs) (laughs) You win some, you lose some. Yeah. But um, The Hobbit, I'm going to give you some numbers to work with, Abe. Uh, Last year, The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey, opened to $84 And to give you some perspective, also, The Fellowship of the Rings opened to 47 back in 2001. Two Towers opened to 62 back in 2002, and Return of the King opened to 72. So they increased each year. Right, yeah. So this year we have 84... Last year was 84 million. What do you think this year? Is, is, is it coming out with anything else this week? Uh, just, like, Saving Mr. Banks is the only thing. That's only in a, not even in a lot of theaters. Yeah. Um, a Badia Christmas, of course. That's definitely going to pull some money, though. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm sorry, what was it last year? 84. I'm going to go with uh, 80, 88 miles per hour. So I'm going to go with a DeLorean. 88, eh? Okay. 88. I chose 90. I'm going with 90. 90. A solid 90 mil. Sounds, sounds, yeah, sounds pretty solid. So we'll see where that takes us. Okay. But, uh, yeah. All right. So that is going to do it. This has been a, a long and productive episode, but that's going to do it this week for Out Now, Farron and Abe. You can find more of my work at the code, my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. You can find all my written movie reviews as well as my Africa blogs, which I've been posting up there. I have seven of them total, and I finished them this week. Uh, Whysteblue.com for my Blu-ray reviews, and you can follow me at twitter.com slash aaronsps4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff at walrusmoose.blogspot.com and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. Hashtag aaronsps4. You can, of course, find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe on iTunes and at Stitcher, as well as HHWLOD.com, where you can find our show there, along with the other shows on that network, including the Walking Dead TV podcast and the Ichapod Cranecast shows that I'm both involved in as well, along with the other cool guys in that group that like to talk about comics and games and other fun stuff like that. Find more of our episodes over at outnow.podomatic.com, including exclusives and our night's episodes, as well as our YouTube page, youtube.com slash outnowpodcast. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Out of the Furnace or, you know, thoughts on my trip to Africa, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Also interact with us and like all of our posts over at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. And twitter.com slash outnow underscore podcast. And check out our latest endeavor, outnowpodcast.tumblr.com, where you can find our episodes as well as fun things we find around the internet. And once again, we have our voicemail line now, uh, 972-798-3830. So feel free to leave us a message, I guess, and we'll see if we can get that onto the show next time around. Yeah. Woo! So, well, yeah. Aaron, it's fun having you back, buddy. Yeah, glad to be back. It's nice to be here, <laughs> taking control again. <laughs> none of, none of this, you son of a bitch! None of this Abe nonsense. Fans, <laughs> uh, if you enjoyed Abe, just, you know, help me out here. <laughs> All right, but yeah, that was it's it's been fun to listen to you guide the show solo. I know I've done it several times, but it's it is it's nice to have two peas in a pod like we go together. So, but uh, we'll keep that going for sure. Uh, but yeah, until next time when we get to the Hobbit Smoog, that's gonna do it. So so long and goodbye.
What am I supposed to intro you in? I'm waiting for you to do it. <laughs> before, I'm going to do it before uh, now. So, alright. I'll be Willem Dafoe. Rodney! Smoke. 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 Um, you can <laughs> you can find more of my work at thecodazeek.com. You can find all my written blue, blue, you can find all my written. <sighs> Let me start that all over. <laughs>